You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Flowers. Hey, what's up? Hey, Mike. Life's been getting in the way, otherwise I'd be here more often. Yeah, I know how that goes. Uh, today is Halloween, too, and I expect uh, trick-or-treaters like in, in the next hour or so. So um going to knock this podcast out and get that done. So happy Halloween to everybody. My, my house is dark. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a little decorations out front. I got like a orange uh, LED strip kind of thing out in the yard, and that's about it. Uh, so there's not much for decorating, but we'll hand out candy, that kind of thing. All right, let's talk Martinsville this week. Uh, once again, thank you to an anonymous donor to the podcast for some set help uh, with some uh, sets for the open NIS. Uh, very helpful uh, for the entire team to give us uh, something to, as a starting point. Um, I'm not sure we're changing much of those, but we certainly do appreciate that. Uh, I guess, David, let's talk the race that you and I ran in, and then you can tell us about your other starts as well. Uh, we ran together Sunday fixed and, uh, started out pretty good. I was running what 15th to 10th roughly through the first half. And then a little after halfway, uh, on my own, I spun off of four and it nosed, uh, right into the wall, blown engine. So. I felt pretty stupid after that. Uh, how did your race go? I mean, you still had a good finish with a P13, but you were 109 laps down. Yeah, and that was one of, I guess, better finishes. I, I don't know. Like, I liked Martinsville, and I hated Martinsville because I had this weird phenomena of I'd get in a wreck, and then nobody would touch me the rest of the race, and I'd be perfectly fine. So, yeah, we did the fixed. Um... I also was the only one to make the open at the beginning of the week, and I learned the hard way about the actual black flag, so I got disqualified. And then I didn't get a chance to run the open Friday, so I actually jumped into another open uh, Sunday morning at 11 o'clock and finished P16 in that race after getting taken out. Nice, P16. That's still roughly half, you know, top half of the field. I think uh, cars... Car count was like 37 in the field I was in. Yeah, I just, I sacrificed a bunch of safety rating to get some okay I rating. I mean, my I rating is the highest it's ever been, so. That's a can't good complain feeling. too much. Yeah, if it's the highest it's ever been. Well, I mean, since I've started again, since I lost it all. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's keep building. Uh, let's talk a little about the racing there. Um,. The groove seemed to move, and I couldn't tell if it was marbles or it, the the groove would get hot. But it, like everyone was really good at the bottom to start the you know the the run, and then you know people would move up. And I don't know if it was the wet, worn tires or the heat, or the marbles or both. What do you think? I I mean the races I ran, that wasn't really the case. It, everybody just stuck to the bottom. If you got out, if you got to the outside, you were just going to the back. Yeah, there were times where I would uh, not trust the people, and I would go, I would stick to the inside, because if you're on the bottom, you know they can't run into you really, and and knock you up out of the way. If you're on the outside and they come rooting in there on the inside of you, uh, they just door slam you into, and you're in the wall and you're done. You know, so uh, getting stuck on the outside, I really don't like that if they're trying to pass me. So I'll go to the inside and let them pass on the outside, actually. So. Uh, it's yeah. definitely a two-groove track, but you're right. I mean, I think overall the bottom was the fastest. Yeah, but even on the inside, they they still hit you. I mean, heck, I was I was coming off of a restart, and a guy out of nowhere, like none of us had even gotten back up to speed. Next thing I know, I'm going around because he completely moved me out of the way and just kept going. He's like, sorry, and everybody was like, nah, man, that's that's his mo. And he pissed off quite a few people. So I don't know if. There is a list of people that are going to put him in the wall next race. Yeah. 
And uh, let's talk. You know, there were some big wrecks in in the race we were, I was in anyway, and where there were multiple cars, like a dozen cars involved. You know, it's like because the track would block up, and you'd have to stop. But then there were always the guys who would arca break in there, you know, and not stop. Oh yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I came. I had to come to a dead stop, and luckily nobody came into the rear end of me, but, I mean, in 20 laps, I went from 23rd to, I think, 8th. And, you know, you're you're in the bottom, or close to the bottom split, okay? And the attrition that you're experiencing there is amazing. I mean, the like, lap by lap 20, how many cars were, like, effectively done? Uh, only half the field at that point. But, half the field. Oh but my by God. but by lap twenty as well, only the top ten was on the lead lap. Top ten on the lead lap. Okay, by lap twenty, and this is a two hundred and fifty lap race. So, uh, yeah, there you need to get some eye rating, get up and out of there. D- these guys do not know the meaning of the word patience. We every race I'm in, everybody says the same thing, guys. Long race, take it easy, and by lap. 50 half the field's gone right and uh let's do a little contrast comparison with the real nascar race i don't know if you i didn't actually watch it i I saw a lot of highlights after the fact and i i saw the whole thing so and we'll there was another topic in the podcast later but uh where somebody was saying you know we have it good in iRacing the product that we have in this A-car and NIS is so similar to the real NASCAR series. I mean, it's uncanny how the racing looks so similar. It it does, but there's also just going to be stuff that we're never going to be able to translate to a real NASCAR. We just we don't have the G-loads on our bodies like real NASCAR drivers do. So, you know, yes, people, you know, come in and they're like, wow, this is a lot like the real thing. You know, this is why you, I used to improve. And I totally get that, and I respect that. But there's still just stuff that even sim racing can't accurately simulate. I'm just saying, like, you know, leaders cutting through traffic. Uh, the last seven laps of that race was just a wreck fest nonsense. And that happens in these races, too, at the end of these NIS races. It's so similar. Big pileups of cars, which we just talked about. Um, yeah, it looks the same. Like if you're watching it from a spectator point of view. That I totally agree with. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, uncanny how that works. Uh, so it, yeah, kudos to iRacing to getting that product right, at least on the short track. It seems like it's dead on, uh, as far as, uh, the racing product out there. Um, Texas, let's talk that next. Uh, I haven't really practiced. I intend to tonight a little bit. Uh, we got some setups to try here. And uh, what do you think about Texas? Uh, this will be my first time running Texas, but I did well at Charlotte, so I, you know, I'm expecting it to translate fairly well. Yep. Yeah, Texas is hard off it of too. Um, if you, the fast guys, they are on the throttle hard and they don't hesitate. And me. I hesitate a little bit. I like to feather that throttle on up to full, you know, 100%. And I'm slower because of it. But it's sketchy coming off that turn two. And it's so easy just to spin off down to the bottom. And, and that inner wall on the inside is not far down there. And it's real easy to hit. And we'll certainly see people do that. Well, we'll, we'll see. You know, starts Wednesday. Yep. I'm, I usually do pretty good at Texas, so I'm kind of looking forward to it after Martinsville. I only had the one start. All right, let's move into topics. Uh, this is the continuation of last week. We, stock, we talked about the new pro format that Tyler Hudson announced for not this season that uh, is just starting, but the next one. And uh, basically, they're going to run, you have to run trucks and then Xfinity. And then if their peak is the A car. So you have to basically run trucks and Xfinity to get. That'll be the new road to pro. 
And I was surprised at all the negative feedback for that, because when you guys started talking about that last week, the first thing that came to my brain was, that is going to be awesome. <laughs> well, my problem with it is that you have to run something besides the A car, you know? Why would... You know, why would we not be running the A-car? But, you know, I understand the point of view of why, and I'm not going to lose my, you know, lose it over it. Um, John Hammer, uh, a friend of the podcast, he uh, it was still in that thread last week uh, posting up some legitimate reasoning about why it might not work um, playing foil. He actually put together some numbers, uh, did a spreadsheet, and did uh, uh, several things. Uh, counting how many potential people might be able to run this series based on I rating, based on their involvement in NIS and so forth. And uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of good ideas. I mean, it, it also, first off, Mike, if you don't like the trucks, there's something completely wrong with you. But <laughs> second off, um, I mean, you know, you're you're not going to make everybody happy no matter how you slice it. That's just the bottom line. Yeah. And, you know, it, if, if they keep on saying they're the fourth division of NASCAR, then you follow what NASCAR does. You go from trucks to Xfinity to Cup. That's how it works. Yeah, and that's what looks like it's going to happen. So I'm kind of anxious to see how it works out. This is a long time from now, so... There's a lot of time for people to chew on it. But, uh, yeah, it's an ongoing discussion, that's for sure. I'm excited. Like I said, I was, I was surprised more of you guys weren't, but that's just me. I just I like the idea. I just think it should just be the A-car only, though. But as far as everything else, how he had it laid out. Uh, also talking about Road to Pro... Um, Tyler also announced on the uh, forums that the uh, the schedules for the NASCAR Pro Series, the iRacing uh, Road Pro Series, and the uh, Blank Pain Endurance Series Pro Series schedules. And so those can be found on the forums uh, under uh, 2017 Pro Seasons. And they're PDFs, and I, when you open it, when you open it up here, it's a pretty simple schedule, but uh, starts November seventh, uh, which is coming up next week, right? That's a week from today, and I do believe it's nine p.m. Easterns uh, is when those events are, and they're every Tuesday, uh, so four Tuesdays through November, and then it's week thirteen. We'll skip that week, and then there'll be two uh, December uh, runs as well, Atlanta and Darlington. And then two weeks off for the holiday. And then back in January with four Tuesdays in January. One of those being Sonoma. Oof. That, that Sonoma run is going to be tough. I I did Watkins Glen and did not fare too well. I think there is a drop week. so. But uh, Daytona is the last event of the season. January 30th. Uh, which is kind of nice because that's a week or so before the real Daytona 500. So it'll be a nice warm-up for that and a good build-up for that. That'll be our practice for the real 500. Yeah, that's that's. I, I did the uh, the Talladega 499. I, I um, did very well there, so I'm hoping that'll translate to Daytona. I've never run Daytona, so I'm excited, you know, see how all this stuff goes. Yeah, if you're good at Talladega, you're probably good at Daytona. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Uh... So, anyway, uh, moving on to the next topic. Oh, uh, one thing is uh, he also mentioned top 10 is uh, what makes it. So, top 10 in points out of this series, they're the ones that move on. And same, with, same way with the uh, Road to Pro. And then the blank pane, that's the top 25 teams. Gotcha. Um, and, I mean, ro road is a completely different animal. I don't know how much road racing you've done, Mike. I've, I haven't done an extensive amount, but I do, I've gotten up to my B license, and it's, 
it's just a whole different animal. Yep. All right, next topic. Uh, somebody in the forums asked, will the new physics engine include fires on severe damage? Kind of a neat question. I never really considered it, but yeah, I guess cars can catch on fire. And uh, we found out that the answer is um, some somebody from iRacing in the past had posted, most manufacturers have specific terms in their contract to prevent their car from catching fire. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. You know, so like we sign a deal with Toyota so we can scan the A car, and that deal says or, pro, you know, prohibits that, you know, you can't catch the Toyota on fire, you know. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying, and, you know, I, I understand they want to go for realism and everything, but if that's something that's stated in the contract, you know, well, and it's it's not like they're going to tell the general populace what that contract is, so... I still think it'd be cool. Remember Montoya hit the uh, jet, uh, the jet dryer guy, and there was a fire. Uh yeah, wasn't that a couple years ago? Yeah, it was a few years ago. Yeah, but I mean, fire can happen, but uh, it seems like it's very rare these days. But uh, it'd be kind of cool if I racing had it. I think. I guess it's no big deal to me. I don't know. I they. I, I guess that's how it is in NASCAR, but I was also watching the Formula One race over the weekend, and some of the cars that were having engine troubles looks like they were needing to be doused pretty good because they were catching fire. Yep. All right. Uh, next topic. Oh, this was a continuation of the other one. We, we started about uh, the Road to Pro and... Uh, hammers excel he actually put together an excel and posted it on the forums and uh, i took a look at this excel and i started sorting data and uh, doing some filtering and interestingly my name is in here and i filtered it in some way i think by points and somehow it had me in the top 10 but i don't know how how correct that would be i need to talk to john and figure out how he came up with this list but uh he, it's very interesting, uh, the discussion that he's trying to create about, you know, how many accounts would be, or how many people, um, you know, would, would be uh, interested in running this thing. And uh, his numbers kind of speak for themselves. Okay, I'll take a look at that. Yeah. Okay, next topic. Somebody asked, can iRacing do better by its rookies? And uh, we had a post up here that uh, we can and should do better. One of the object uh, objectives of the new UI site in beta that still has a long way to go but making progress is obviously the user experience. It will be eventually much more intuitive with more and better help available online. So this is uh, track, uh, excuse me, iRacing president Tony Gardner. As far as human resources, we just moved Tyler Hudson into a new role as community and competition manager. We still need to backfill his job in support, but you should start seeing more of him. Additionally, we just posted this new job, user experience manager. A big part of the, that job is trying to make this all easier to understand, especially for new people. This person will be interacting daily with customers trying to help. We also just added someone in marketing to help with communication and etc. We are also adding staff and development, art, and technology, but thought I would mention these new customer-facing resources that are in the works. Yeah, I, I can how people do need because I remember, you know, when I was a rookie one time that just, it was a lot to take in, like trying to read the safety code and everything, and because... A lot of people come in here like, oh, you know, this this is a racing game, you know, like Forza or Gran Turismo, or, you, you know, they don't realize the sophistication of the level of simulation, or, you know, they think it's like NASCAR heat, and they come in and, oh, I've got this, and go out and take out half the field, and then have no idea what they're doing. Right. Well, 
it's nice that they're hiring, that they're growing, that they're putting actual resources that have salaries, you know, in positions that are really important that they need, you know, this customer-facing stuff, you know, like uh, Tyler's role as the competition manager, and you can already see his uh, greater involvement in what's going on. Uh, pretty cool. Next up, Barry Langford put up in the forums a YouTube he put together, and uh, it's like a uh, iRacing commercial. And it says, and it's called "What Is iRacing?" And so, if you search YouTube, you'll probably find that. Uh, he shows, he highlights some real drivers: Shane Van Gisbergen, Kyle Larson, uh, Lando Norris, uh, and others. And basically shows them on track in a real race car and then on track in the simulator. And uh, it's a really neat little video. I thought it was pretty cool. And uh, I hope it gets a lot of views. Interesting. Well, we'll see how that goes. And uh, I've been trying to watch more of like the iRacing Live events myself, especially the Peak Series. I've just missed them. Yeah. Yeah, they have them on quite often, actually. So you can, if I'm in my office, I usually just have that website up and kind of have it on. All right. Oh. Uh, let's see, what's next? Next topic is I rating and safety rating points should be given back. It's kind of a funny post. Uh, but uh, you see these once in a while from people that really don't understand how the system works. They don't get, there's no way to give them back, people. I, I, it's really that simple, but. Uh, Tyler actually responded to this uh, thread to give him a response. And I'm going to read part of this so everybody knows uh, how this works. Unfortunately, we are unable to manually manipulate anyone's data as everyone's results are based on everyone else's results and changing one person will affect the entire community. We understand that every iRacer will receive incident points as a result of being involved in accidents which they did not cause and were unable to avoid, particularly in the lower license levels. However, it is impossible for us to accurately determine fault for every incident that happens in every race. That is why we employ a no-fault penalty system and why we believe it is the best system for our service, given the number of drivers on the service and the number of races being run at any given time. So, uh, that's the answer. You uh, can't get your I-rating back. Sorry, buddy. Well, I mean, more people should understand that. Like, like that's one of the things I going back to the rookie thing. Like, you know, it it took me quite a few races to understand what my I rating was. You know, because when you come in and you have that I rating, like your your rookie I rating starts out at fifteen hundred, and it took me a few races to understand. Like, you know, why is my I rating dropping like all of a sudden? So, you know, when that's not something you understand. Yeah. I think for new people, don't focus on I rating. Focus on SR, safety rating. Get your license level up to a C or a B or an A, and then look at I rating. You know, and then focus on that, and then you know build that. But that's really the progression to take: is build your license first, then build your I rating. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is when you don't know specifically how those two are connected and you see you know one going down and you're not quite sure how the other one works that's that's what i'm talking about yeah and it can be real confusing when you'd run short races you know like a little c fixed or something or a you know a d uh and you look at the numbers and you're like well my safety rating went down but i didn't get any incidents how does that work well, because the safety rating is calculated on your last 50 or last 100 corners, and if you haven't done that many corners, then it goes back to the races you were in previously as well. And so the number you're seeing it might encompass more than the race that you're in, if that makes sense. Now, see, that right there, I didn't even know. 
Yeah. I, I just thought it was each race and that was it. I didn't know if you didn't run enough laps in one race, it went back to laps in a previous race. Yeah, I don't know the exact calculation, but yeah, if you run a short race, you it's calculated over multiple races. So uh, it's a rolling uh, number. So it looks like a, it looks like it's either 50 or 100 or something like that, corner per incidence. And, and if you haven't had that many, then it goes back that many into your previous race. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah. Yep, okay, next up. It's time to gather information for Season 1 2018 schedules. And Tony Gardner has been posting in all the road forums, every one of the car forums. Uh, hey, uh, please try and send me your community track schedule for next season by or around November 13th. Send it to his email. And so that allows the community to basically come up with a schedule that works for them. And iRacing more than likely will use it uh, if it's uh, palatable, you know. So uh, if there's a series you out there, you know, that you run... Get involved, you know, go to the forums, help them pick which tracks they're going to run. A lot of these uh, series um, have really good leadership in them that have proper polls. They're doing Google documents where people can vote. Uh, they click a link and they vote on which tracks they want and all this stuff. And it's all automated. And and then there's other people that just are posting lists in the forums and are trying to come up with some kind of commonality, you know just in the forum so there's a lot of different ways people are doing it but uh but it's busy out there in the forums if you're involved in this yeah i've been i've been taking a look more at the forums and stuff and some people are saying like especially like blanc pay and they're like can we not have like just the gt3 cars and the gte cars like that's that's why the gte cars were brought in gt is grand touring that's that's why the that's those classifications of cars, and I guess a lot of people don't understand that. Oh yeah, and then uh, Tyler Hudson, he's actually uh, asking for all the schedules on the oval side, and so he's posted up in like super late model, uh, sprints, and so forth. Uh, hey everybody, come up with a schedule, you know. And so he's actually taken. I, I know Tony had always done all of them, but it looks like uh, Tyler's taken over half of this uh, responsibility of, uh, you know, asking the community for these schedules. So, Cool. Uh, next up, this was kind of a surprise. Nim Cross, who uh, works for iRacing, he's the guy who he doles out the penalties if you get protested. Uh, uh, he does other things, but that's one of that's what he's known for. Well, Nimcross has created a new league, a new series, and he calls it Nim's Sports Car Championship. And uh, they're going to have two and a half hour events. There'll be six car types in each race of the series. Each car type will be its own division, giving six different division championships and one overall championship that drivers will compete in during a season. All drivers are required to drive each of the six cars types a minimum of three times during the 20 race season. Two drops are allowed. And so, looks pretty interesting. Very well thought out. It's a very long post where he, he puts down basically all the rules, the conditions, incidents, Code of conduct, uh, code of conduct, race attendance, race conditions, time, schedule. Uh, schedule runs November fifth through March eighteenth. It's a road series. League size will be sixty members. And he's been out there drumming up support, trying to get this uh, league off the ground. I saw him posting in some of the other road forums as well, uh, trying to get people to uh, join up. He's still looking for entries. So if you're interested, search the word NIMS Sports Car Championship. I might take a look at that myself. 
Yep. And it'll be a clean series because you know who's officiating it, right? <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> well, exactly. So, I mean, it, yeah, it might be fun, you know, because you know everyone's going to be on the up and up. It's not going to be, you know. And it'll probably be fair, you know. You can probably count on it being fair. A lot of these leagues, and why a lot of people don't race in leagues a lot, uh, especially money leagues, is there's too much, uh, you know, favorability, you know, to friends and whatnot. When admins are throwing flags and black, you know, flagging people and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, I'll talk more about a league later. <laughs> All right. Next up, a reminder that Time Attack is back, guys. Season 4 is in full swing, and there's three featured series that offer prizes. The current featured series are Ferrari GTE Fixed, Xfinity Fixed, and 410 Sprint Car. And there's uh, money on the line, if I remember right. Uh, so I have not got in there and done it. I've just have stayed away from that new UI. I just gave me a bad taste in my mouth, I guess, and I haven't really found time to fool with it. Yeah, I haven't uh, done any of the time attack stuff. It just doesn't interest me. Like I know there's prizes and stuff, but eh, not my thing. Yep. All right, next up, uh, with only three weeks to go until the finals, here from Freak Schulthorst, the iRacing winner of our next World's Fastest Gamer finalist. And uh, there's a video put out by Logitech, actually, of uh, about Freak. And it's like a promo video that shows him, you know, obviously in the sim... And then it shows him in his house. He, he's from Amsterdam, Netherlands. He looks like he's probably 18, 19 years old. And uh, he's got a sim rig. And uh, it shows him, uh, you know, uh, introduction to who he is and uh, what his life's about. And it's kind of an interesting video to try to uh, get an understanding about who this kid is. But uh, he looks pretty cool. Yeah, just the, the talent of some of these kids at 17, 18, 19, just how they come in and blow the competition away for the, the pro leagues is just insane. Yeah, at the end of the video, it shows him on the go-kart track with his friends, and uh, he does a lot of go-karting, apparently. So uh, I just love his first name, Freak, F-R-E-E-K. It's like a good racing name, I guess. Yeah, or he could have got made fun of a lot for it. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe it's normal over there in the, the Netherlands. I, I wouldn't know. All right, next topic is uh, iRacing is at SEMA, S-E-M-A, the SEMA show. And uh, they have a booth set up, and they actually put some pictures out on social media. And uh, it shows several rigs. Looks like they got four rigs set up. They're motion rigs. And they have VR goggles. And uh, it showed them doing some testing with all four, you know, four people in all four rigs uh, running races. That's, oh, yeah, that's got to cool. be cool. Yep. And uh, Red Bull uh, Global Rallycross also tweeted, don't miss your chance to test Rallycross. At SEMA this week, visit our booth to try it out. So there, uh, if you go there, you can actually try Global Rallycross before it's released. Yeah, and it looks looking closer at the simulators. Man, they are nice. CXC simulators. And the base that they're on is like a big old woofer cabinet. There's a big old woofer on the back of it. And it's probably like two feet deep or so tall. And then the rig is on top of that. And it's got the uh, hyd hydraulic shock kind of things attached to the chair that move the chair around. 
Well, yeah, I mean, when you got a rig that's twenty five, fifty thousand dollars, they, you know, they can be big and elaborate. <laughs> yeah, these are these are those kind of rigs for sure, and there's four of them. So pretty impressive uh, setup there they got for SEMA. That's interesting. All right, next topic. Uh, something we talked about earlier in the show, uh, Martinsville. Uh, Tyler Hudson was uh, in the forums, and he said uh, an interesting topic, and I, I, I want a, a comment about the Martinsville race and how the NASCAR version of it compared to the iRacing version of it. Uh, and it, he really nailed it, and so I want to read what he said here. I was just thinking watching the cup race at Martinsville and after doing NIS races all week, just how realistic we have it. I think most people don't appreciate just how good and realistic iRacing is. The rubber would build up in the bottom groove and become hot, which in turn made the bottom hard to use, hard to pass, hard, and had to run a groove up in NIS, all exactly what we saw happen on Sunday in the cup race. Then at times the top went away after a few cautions, had the same thing happen in one of my races. It's just mind-blowing how realistic we really do have it, and as someone who's been doing this for 20 years, I don't think people truly appreciate what we have. Yeah, the just to see how close it actually is, like my, my personal experience with Martinville this week is where I, I wasn't having trouble so much of the bottom groove. I was having trouble where coming out of the turns where it went from concrete back to asphalt was slick. And that's actually how I got in trouble in one of my races. It just, it bit me, the car slid and I hit the wall and I was done after that. But yeah, um, I've actually been doing sim racing on and off and on since NASCAR too. So just showing my age a little bit there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this yeah, I was going to say real quick, to be fair, when NASCAR 2 came out, I was 10. <laughs> well, got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, this thread was actually another topic. It was, hey, why do we have to wait so long for these rescans? Like, we still need Pocono, Phoenix, Texas, Kentucky, Michigan, Watkins Glen. And uh, we're coming up to Texas, actually, which needs to be rescanned, too. So um, Tyler said in, in reference to that, he said, people have already touched on some of the issues with it, but we may or may not be getting one in December. And he's referencing a rescan. So cross your fingers, maybe Pocono is finally coming. I don't know. <laughs> well, at the same time, too, from, from what I've heard of, what in, what is involved in doing a laser scan of a track, it's not exactly something that can be done in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, you got to send real people. You know, in a in a van, you know, with equipment, with gas, up the road, with hotel rooms and per diem, you know, it's a it's a process for sure. Oh, I, I knew that, but I'm I'm just talking to like like people think like you go to a track, you, you you put a little thing down, and the whole track gets scanned in like 20 minutes. That's that's not how it works. <laughs> right. It can take days. All right. Next up, uh, a new post from today. Nick Morris uh, posted up in the pro forums a uh, pro split tracking estimate of who he thinks will be in the top split of the Road to Pro series coming up next week. And, uh, boy, some big names in there and some big I ratings, too. Wow. You got to have a 61.46 I rating or higher to get in this split. Yeah, not not even close. I don't think I'll be getting there anytime soon either. Like just seeing some people in their I ratings being like 6,000 or higher is a little mind-boggling to me. It's just like, how are you not a professional race car driver somewhere? Well, of these 40 people uh, in the top split that have an I rating anywhere above 61.46. You know, 10 of those guys are potentially the 10 that are going to make it onto the peak series, you know. So this might be a peek into who is going to make it, you know, and who might not. So it's kind of interesting. 
to see him uh, tracking everybody's I rating that it has those kind of numbers. Uh, he also has out who's outside the top 40 as far as the I rating, um, who would be in the second split. And uh, some big names there, too. And uh, those guys have some work to do to get up in there. Yeah, like I said, the more power to them, I'm nowhere near that. Yep. All right, uh, let's move to hardware software. Uh, each week we've been talking about some kind of sim racing third-party software. Uh, this week we're talking simracingapps.com. And that's the website you can go to and get the download. And a lot of people use this. Now, I have yet to try it. Uh, but when you see Facebook posts about third-party software or Dash software, uh, this name always comes up. And it looks like uh, from the website, it looks like a really nice product. So uh, I would definitely put it on my list to check out if I was looking for new stuff. I, the way I have my setup right now, I don't need anything else, so um, I haven't tried it. Yeah, Mike, but your setup also seems a tad bit cumbersome. <laughs> yeah, it takes uh, seven minutes to fire, turn everything on. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yep, so check that out if you're interested. Sim Racing Apps. Uh, next up, an interesting video I came across. On YouTube, it says how to overlay any window from your desktop into virtual reality, i.e. the HTC Vive or the Oculus Rift. And so uh, from an iRacing perspective, this would allow you to put sim racing apps or Z1 dashboard or other products in your goggles. And that's been something that people with the virtual reality have not been able to do is look at third-party apps visually. Now this uh, allows them to do it. And it's basically some kind of software program you can download and install that, that does it. That's now, interesting. It is. In the example, this guy's playing some kind of... I don't know, flight simulator game, and he actually decided to overlay a uh, episode of ba Battlestar Galactica onto his video game, so he could watch TV while playing a game. And so that was how he was using it. But uh, obviously this would work with iRacing, too. Nice. Next up. More information about Handbrake. Uh, Handbrake is coming to iRacing here soon with Global Rallycross. David Tucker from iRacing posted up that there'll be a few different ways uh, for handbrakes to work. We will support an analog handbrake or a button-based brake. Uh, one idea is map it to a button, like on your wheel, or map it to the clutch pedal that you don't even use anything for anyway. Which is not a bad idea. I have a clutch here that never gets touched. Maybe I should do that with that. Use that as my handbrake. What do you think? Uh, maybe I just like I said, I'll I'll give Rallycross a, a, a shot. But I'm like I said, it's probably not going to interest me. I'm excited about it. I think it'll be fun jumping that car. I love jumping cars, so we'll see if I like it. I think I probably will. Okay, next up, a very interesting post by R.E. Samuelson. He called, uh, this was on a post called Spotter Management Software. And uh, it's, a, it's something that he's been tinkering with using live data and past results in an attempt to gain an understanding of a way to reduce the risk of being the innocent victim of someone's driver error and so he he put together a video that kind of shows how it works and what happens as he's going down the track and he passes somebody or somebody passes him the voice attack tells him verbally 
what kind of uh, driver this person is <laughs> based on past results. And so as part of the programming for the voice attack, he has this Google Documents list or Google Excel list of like literally all the drivers in the series, their past results, how many incidents they have, and he factored in and did some kind of formula that came up with a what he calls the risk level of incident. Uh, you have a below average risk, near zero risk, average risk, above average risk, and then very high risk. And sure enough, my name is on this list. I, I, I searched for my name, Mike Ellis, and... And there it is, and I'm above average risk. Unbelievable. Well, uh, you might want to fix that, Mike. <laughs> and uh, I thought it was interesting that the calculation put me as above average. I figured I was at least average or maybe below average risk. But uh, the math sh says I'm above average risk. Um, the other interesting thing is to look at who is the very high-risk people and see if uh, I recognize any of those names. And in some cases, I do. And uh, what's interesting, too, about the people that are in the very high risk is the spread of I rating. Anywhere from 800 up to 6,400, I see people with I rating that are listed together as very high risk. So it, I rating doesn't mean safe. Um, if you have a lot of I rating, doesn't mean you're not a risky driver. That was very interesting. So it's kind of neat to look at the data and kind of filter it and take a look at what's going on with it. Some Even a guy that used to be on my team, I'm not going to name names, is listed in the very high risk category. <laughs> And so anyway, when you, so back to the video, so it shows him going down the track and you can hear voice attack talking to him. And as he goes by somebody, it says, watch out, very high risk driver ahead or something like that. Or it says, uh, approaching the very low risk driver or something like that. And so it gives him a verbal indication of what this person's past incident rates might be. That's interesting. I'd love to see him turn it into like a iRacing plugin, or excuse me, a voice attack plugin, where other people can actually try this. Um, but it's a little more complicated than that because he's got to come up with that spreadsheet with all the raw data to be able to pull the information from, to be able to verbally tell if the person is a high risk or a low risk driver. And so he has to probably manually put that data together, I would think. Um, pretty cool idea, though. Yeah. But it looks like a lot of this stuff is you got to kind of pull the iRacing data apart, look at it, put it back together. So. Yeah, there's so many things you can do with telemetry, you know, and the MoTeX software. And um, this is a, an idea that, hadn't occurred to me, you know. Another idea I've heard about in the past was, you know how you don't have to use trading paints. You can just like put paints into the paint folder in your My Documents, and you just change the number to match the number, the driver number of the guy you want it to be. Well, back in the day, I remember a thread where somebody would go and put a special paint scheme on anybody that he is deemed as a wrecker. So if that person wrecked him at some point or was known to be a wrecker, he would go take this special yellow and black paint scheme that was very visible and, uh, and attach it to that guy's number or you know put the number on the paint, drop it in the folder. And that way when he's racing and he sees one of those paint schemes, he knows to watch out for those guys. I mean, that's that's definitely one creative way to do it. <laughs> yep. 
like everybody uh, you know who's wrecked you, you go and give them a bright yellow paint job or something. So you know next time, hey, watch out, you know. Yeah, until that one time you're in that one field where everybody's in a bright yellow paint job, and then you're just... <laughs> All right, that's the final topic. Let's get into final thoughts. Uh, what do you got, David Flowers? Uh, I enjoyed Martinsville, but I'm definitely glad to be moving on to uh, Texas and hopefully restoring some of my safety rating. Yep. That's yeah, really Texas. all I got. Yeah, I'm excited for Texas. We'll see how it goes. I, I mean, we're coming down to the end of the season, that's for sure. Uh, three weeks left, Texas, Phoenix, Homestead. We start Spe- Road to Pro next week. Speaking of Homestead, um, on the roadside, the Blanc Pain this week has the Road Homestead race. I'm uh, I'm trying to get some practice in. I'm, think- I'm trying to get a buddy of mine to do that with me and... You know, it's a three-hour race, so we're trying to get our laps in. He's trying to get his C license. I actually don't know if he has it yet or not. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to Texas. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm really looking forward to Road to Pro. Um, I think that's going to be a fun series. I'd like. I think it's going to be a great turnout. I certainly hope it's a good turnout. That's the whole reason we, I want to run it is I want to run where there's lots of people, you know. If there's lots of people, you get more splits. The more splits there are, uh, the more likely you're racing people that are competitive, that are near your I rating, that are competitive, you know. And uh, it all works out. That's how NIS has been. This should be very similar to NIS. So um, we're still looking for team members at Team Tifosi. Um, if you're interested in running the same stuff we do, let us know. Uh, David is keen on working on the roadside as well. We're trying to build up a little road team, uh, maybe making a run for the 24 hours of Daytona, uh, here in February or late January. So we'll see. Uh, but if you're interested, let us know, hit me up and thank you for listening to the podcast. You can subscribe to us at iTunes, SoundCloud, Google play, Facebook, Twitter, See you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.